This is TDPS. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Are you sick of doing promos for my new books yet? That depends. Are we at the beach? Yes, we're at Sapphire Cove, the fictional Southern California resort featured in my new gay romance series coming in 2022. This is alarming. When did we go outside? You were transported by the powerful prose of C. Travis Rice. That's my new pen name devoted to steamy and emotional tales of romance between men. Yeah, no, that's not it. I was about to eat a sandwich in the studio, and now I'm being harassed by seagulls. Brandon, get rid of the seagulls, please. Oh, that's much better. Now I have to pee. First, pre-order your copy of Sapphire Sunset, the first installment in the Sapphire Cove series, which goes on sale March 1st, 2022, from Blue Box Press, when a new member of the resort security department falls hard for the nephew of the wealthy family that owns the place, sparks fly, and sexy scandal ensues at Sapphire Cove. Uh, Yeah, could you pre-order that for me? I'm going to run to the little podcaster's room. Brandon! Come get this seagull! I can't help it if my writing sets the scene. I know what I'm going to set if someone doesn't come get this seagull. Where'd you get that sandwich? Sapphire Sunset, the first book in the Sapphire Cove series from C. Travis Rice. Now available for pre-order. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Have you been to my website lately? Why would I go to your website? You're sitting right here. Well, it's the place to find out all about my new books. Why would I go to your website for that? Again, you're sitting right here. All right. Well, for people who aren't right here, ChristopherRiceBooks.com is a great place to get information about my new releases. Which you'll give me copies of because I'm sitting right here. Yeah, maybe. But for those who aren't currently sitting in our studio on the Sunset Strip, check out my website, sign up for my mailing list, and check out all the posts on my blog where I talk smack about Eric Shaw Quinn. What smack? Shut up and read this new book I wrote. Fuck that and fuck ChristopherRiceBooks.com. This ad did not go as planned. This was an ad? Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. And today we're going to be talking UFOs. UFOs. Right. Unidentified flying objects. This episode is entitled What's Science Volume 5. It's a special series and we have theme music for it. And now it's time for another edition of What's Science? That's our theme song for What Science. That's What Science. Yes, here we are with the What Science. I love that one. A little bit of foreshadowing in that theme song. I, I hear, I think you did something with Jordan Ambersand. He's going to be around later. You just can't stop talking about I him. Don't, it's, I don't. I really it's, think you should see someone. It's a contractual thing, as we explained previously. Yeah, that's that's He's the under problem. contract. Okay. Uh, we watched an episode of a documentary series called UFO. We watched the first episode of it. Uh, standard disclaimer, even though this isn't True Crime TV Club, we're going to serve it up its elementals to you as much as we can. I'll tell you, it's a whole series, so, yeah. like, here's what happened. We wanted to... <laughs> the inside baseball. Right? What happened was... Right? Um, no, um, we were talking about it, and we wanted to do um, the episode because there has been 
just movement, official movement lately saying that they're actually going to officially begin to investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, they being the government. The government. Right. Like, as opposed to saying swamp gas. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but mm-hmm. there is there's more and there's a growing commitment in an official way from our government to actually begin to investigate this phenomenon that has been going on for maybe forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty of people who would posit that there's evidence of this from ancient times in our culture. Certainly lately. Um, But I think lately it's more about there's our ability to report on stuff has changed and Mm -hmm. has become much more immediate. But I think it's been going on for a while and we're finally going to maybe do something besides roll our eyes about it or or all of the other things that we have done with the topic. And so we were talking about, wouldn't it be interesting to um, to have that kind of discussion on the show? And we, we asked the party people. We mm-hmm. asked a question on the party people, and we got some pretty good responses there. And so the, so, the thing going. that really inspired us was... The um the the Phoenix Lights yes the the the, the UFO phenomenon the Phoenix Lights because hun- thousands at least if not tens or hundreds of thousands of people actually witnessed this event yes it wasn't like it was some you know somebody was walking home drunk from the pub and mm-hmm. fell in a ditch and while they were looking up in the sky a giant lighted chalupa flew by you know what I mean this mm-hmm. was. All people all over that city and all over that state, even they were filmed too. And yes, from multiple points of view, lots and lots and lots of data and observations and whatever. And we thought that would be so. We went looking for a place at this, and we found this series. Mm -hmm. um, JJ Abrams and Bad Robot put together for Showtime. And it's more than one episode. We're really only focused on the first episode, or that was our agreement at the time. Uh, we individually went ahead without we, consulting the other and watched the entire uh, watched series. The ter- so we'll have comments yeah. about that as well. But really the point of this was to try and begin to look at this from a perspective of something other than, you know, the flying Ridicule. Chalupa story. Yeah, the yeah. kind of laughing, winking, nudging halfway serious kind of we wanted to say all right well if they're willing to take a serious look at it we're willing to take a more serious look at it as well i mean i don't for me i don't believe that we're the only living people uh, entities sentient entities let's say that mm-hmm. in the universe that just seems improbable to me for it's you know that much space yeah just the by the law of averages it would seem like would have to have happened a couple more times. Life is so inevitable here. I don't know. What, what, how do you feel about the topic? Well, I, this is how I felt about it. I was raised by a woman who was very um, invested in the topic and very willing to believe the firsthand accounts of individual individuals who say they have experienced an abduction, which is far, far beyond the Phoenix Lights, which is what got us interested Way in this beyond. conversation. Way beyond. Nobody in the Phoenix Lights case claimed they were taken up into a craft and experimented on or saw beings from another realm. Right. Um, I. This is what keeps me open-minded on the issue, and this is everybody drink because I'm making it about me. I was in Thailand. I was standing on the deck of a villa where I was staying, and I saw what I believed to be a UFO floating out over the ocean. It was moving sluggishly, and it was a strange kind of radiance that I was not used to seeing in the sky. 
And I remember sitting there, and my first thought was, I will not be able to explain this to anyone. And if I do, I will be ridiculed, right? And I repressed it for days. I later learned what I was seeing was a Chinese lantern, which is, in fact, somebody on our Facebook page said, that's explained. <laughs> it is something that they literally light, and then it, it the, the heat brings it up. And it was the neighboring resort, I later learned, did this ritual every night. It was our, our resort didn't do it, but theirs did. But my experience of how quickly I was, <laughs> how unwilling I, Blabbermouth, who writes scary made-up stories, the resistance I had to sharing that experience with anybody leads me to believe that not only do we hear a lot of people who bring us stories that can't be easily explained, there are a lot of people out there who have witnessed things that can't be easily explained yes. that don't want to talk about it. And um, a lot of those things are at play in the Phoenix Lights case because you have people who all witnessed the same event and all had varying reactions to it. Some right. were desperate to dismiss it. Others still feel like it's never been properly explained to them. So that's I've always tried to keep an open mind, but fundamentally, and this is where the writer in me starts to take over, I believe um, many of the abduction experiences that I've heard about, and I believe that the Phoenix lights were generated by a type of technology that we are not, most people, are, if we have it, we are not aware that we have it, or the majority of people are not aware that we have it. But the idea that these beings are aliens has never resonated with me. I think they're us. I think they are time travelers coming back because the question that you always raise, I've never Why been able to answer. Here? Why would they come here and do so little? Like the idea that beings this advanced need to experiment on us. I mean, I guess maybe they're just taking samples the way we would if we went into a jungle environment and we're just scraping, scientists were scraping things off of leaves and whatever and trying to look at amoebas. But it just seems their interaction with us is, what it's always seemed like to me is that there are, they are moments in which the veil that is usually always there drops for some reason, whether it's their cloaking devices on their vessels or whether abduct, we are all being abducted every night and worked on, and the abductees are just those few ones in which the screening cloaking mechanism failed or flickered or went out. You know, that's always been my attempt to turn it into a coherent narrative. Like what was that Dark City? Yes, Dark City, the Dark City example, and that's probably where I would go with Dark it. Dark City a was a movie from the nineties. I think. Yeah, about. Alex Proyas, I think, directed it, and it was the the premise was everybody was living in this dark city that was being manipulated every night by these beings. After they, they went save. to sleep, they were yeah. things were happening. Yeah, yeah. I suppose this is like I think that the alien thing is a way of explaining an experience that we can't explain, and right. and it could be anything. I jumping ahead a little bit mm -hmm. the. This series ultimately, in I think the last episode, includes um, what was his name? Marks, Jeffrey Mark, I think was his Mark, name. Yeah, something similar to that. A Harvard psychiatrist yeah. who became very obsessed with the accounts he was hearing from people who well, claimed to be abducted. The thing that he said he was he was a psychologist and had a great understanding of the topic, and he said this is not how people dream. This is not how people like he. He could not hear it as anything other than real. It did not fit with any other psychological manifestation that he had heard from people. And he had heard those things. This was yeah. not his first time at the rodeo. So that's maybe the first time I've ever felt any credibility. That Probably the hardest part for me 
the 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 fringiest part of this for me is the abduction part. You're not alone. I've yeah. never really like. I always feel like, why you? Like, yeah. What's so special about you? Where would they mm-hmm. come? Why why would they come for you? The the part that like why would they come here and do so little? Like. Mm-hmm. We spend billions flying something to Mars to scrape the ground a little bit and maybe one day mm. send us back soil samples. So I can see how they might not do much to come here and test the environment. Why are they? The bigger question that I've always asked is why would they come here? Right. Like, what has this place got going for it? I know that we look for for others, you know, for other places, other landing places that we might pursue, other Goldilocks planets throughout the the universe that where we right. might land where it might be conducive to um, human life or mm-hmm. life as we know it. Right. Um. So maybe, but then that that's more sinister. That's then they come and replace us and take it, our. Which planet. is where a lot of these theories go. Right. The, the belief is that the the abduction experiences are part of a conspiracy to develop a hybrid human-alien race and that hybrids are already here, the greys are here. I mean, this gets really elaborate. I think the thing that, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead of us with the series, but this series over the long arc of it, I felt suffered some confusion about what a conspiracy theory actually is because the skeptics that are later presented in the series sound just as conspiratorial as the January 6th people. You know, like, for me, a conspiracy theory is an attempt to cover up, not to cover up, but to to escape from the reality that the universe is inherently chaotic and it's not being run as efficiently as any of us would like or like to believe. And so it posits that the answers all lie with a higher authority who is withholding the information from us when the truth of most human experience is most people are winging it and don't know what the fuck they're doing. But they're doing usually their best and they're acting out of largely out of self-interest. So these vast intricate conspiracy theories that the government and all these people are hiding all of this information for us from us, excuse me, seems to it's offers a strange form of organizing comfort to the people who believe it. Even if there's anger and resentment tied up in self-righteous anger, I'm being lied to, whatever, at least somebody knows the answer rather than we're brushing up against this higher intelligence and nobody really knows what's going on. Yeah, I I think that to me that begins to touch on what in the end was a huge failing on the part of this series. Like mm-hmm. the first episode is pretty coherent and kind of cleaves to what I was interested, what I was actually looking for is right. let's actually take a factual look at one of these experiences right. and and you know there are these pilots that have interacted and seen stuff. So there were some things I was hoping that that was going to be the focus. Right. A more, a, the beginning of a more scientific look mm-hmm. at whatever. This was more akin to that thing where you go on Google and type in, um, how do I get my um, Windows 10 to yeah. do so-and-so? And then instead of getting an answer from Microsoft or anybody who might have any idea to do you know, what they're talking about, mm-hmm. um, you get 10,000 responses from the comments section of mm-hmm. people complaining about Windows 10 or suggesting all kinds of random 
seems potentially risky to your computer bullshit that you should do. You know I what I mean? Or like, ISD on it. Or, yeah, yeah. Or I go through and I delete all of the programs that have EXE and the, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Like, just ridiculous. It's, But it is completely unofficial. There was dozens and dozens of shots of, well, was that actually a right. sighting or was that just somebody throwing a pie pan in the air and taking a picture of it that were unidentified or unexplained? There was, And then we got into the whole, this was like a magazine article mm-hmm. about, well, what's the source of this conspiracy? And I was like, that's not the show I tuned in for. Yeah, right. This isn't called conspiracy. This is called UFO. And I wanted a show that was about UFOs. And this was a complete fail mm-hmm. pretty much across the board, ultimately for me. I was intrigued at the end of the first episode. They do a great job of teasing. And in fact, at the end of most of the episodes, they do a great job of teasing something that makes you want to watch the next episode. But then they don't do a great job of explaining it or covering it or even continuing the story. They had people who were talking about, well, this is all a disinformation campaign. The whole UFO thing is all just disinformation. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Eric and I aren't just podcasters. And bitches. That's right. We're also authors. And you can buy all of our books at www.thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv and wherever ebooks are sold. At thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv, you can check out my Right Murder mystery series. Or sample my Burning Girl thrillers. The best part is, the more you buy our books, the less likely we'll end up filling the spot with an annoying ad for a napkin that counts your calories. The TDPS Network, alienating potential advertisers one promo at a time. It seems incredibly facile and self-serving to me to say, to dismiss the entire phenomenon by saying, Mm -hmm. well, this is just, you know, the powers that be coming up with some smoke and mirrors to fool us, to cover up the other things that they're doing. And I was like, that is not the show that I'm tuned in for. That's that has no more relevance to me, for Mm -hmm. me, than the people with the nutso stories about the lizard people are running Russia or whatever it is. I, uh, yeah. I, that may well be true, but I would like to see some actual evidence of that. And if you don't have any, it's fine if you believe it, but I'm not really interested in having that conversation. I, I completely agree. And I think it's like, it's like you're, I think you're articulating what I just said as well in another way in terms of this special, because it's like the, the skeptics sounded like they were positing their own conspiracy theory, but also the, the, the theory around that, and then I think we should maybe get into the Phoenix Lights, um, which is my way of saying don't let me wander too far on this yeah. topic. <laughs> um, there were magic men, is what they were called. And they claim, and one of them is later interviewed, that our job was to make people think that any time they were out in New Mexico in the desert and they might have brushed up against something we were working on that crashed, we were supposed to make them believe it was alien technology And, um, you know, it was a deflection campaign when really we were working on something to beat the Soviets with. Okay, those guys may be telling the truth, and that may have really happened in certain instances. But the legend of Area 51, right, which is that a spacecraft crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, 
and the and the alien was an alien being survived or was brought in for an autopsy. All of that stuff. Nothing in the world could have made Area 51 more famous in the eyes of the entire planet. If they were trying to cover up what was going on at Area 51 because it was top secret military defense technology, don't make up a compelling alien story that puts the place in the minds of everyone who's remotely interested in this topic. That theory has never... The idea that, and they show that the right hand is distracting you from what the left hand is doing. That's not how the government works. The government doesn't ever show you the left hand. They don't talk about it. They don't comment on it. They're not, I, I didn't believe any of that about the disinformation Well, campaign. it was just, and it was, again, not what I tuned in for. Absolutely. I don't actually care about that disinformation campaign. The other thing that I find particularly amusing about the whole um Area 51 notion and the idea that the government knows all this stuff that they're not telling us about Mm -hmm. is the presupposition that the government is capable of keeping any secrets ever. Like, arguably, what would you think would be the biggest secret that anybody, that any government would want to keep in the 20th century in, or maybe in the history of mankind, what would be the biggest secret? Hmm. I, I, the, for the government to keep, yeah, I can think of businesses private. I, I think of private businesses wanting to keep. I'm secrets. thinking of th- how to make a nuclear bomb. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And we couldn't keep that secret. <laughs> That's a good point. Yes, exactly. Like I cannot think of a bigger secret, and it got out in yeah uh, less than ten years. Like yeah. I, this for seventy years. There's some dead alien at mm-hmm. a place in Arizona, and that you know what I mean. I just yeah. I just cannot. Really, certainly, I think that the government invi- in, in, get, involves themselves in disinformation or counter um, espionage or whatever. Sure, like fine, that's maybe a different story. But the story that I'm interested in talking about is there continue to be unexplained phenomenon, and maybe some of them can be explained. But there continue to be unexplained phenomenon happening in space, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. I would like for there to be scientific inquiry into what they are and, you know, maybe some explanations or footage or discussions with the people who saw it or whatever. Let's stop acting like they're crazy or this isn't happening or that it's all part of some mm-hmm. conspiracy or there's something bigger going on. Like it may be it may all be natural phenomenon. I don't tend to have that reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Like and the the case in point, I think the one that we chose was well chosen for just this reason is the Phoenix Lights. Mm-hmm. Like I just I don't see how that could be a natural phenomenon. I don't see how any of the explanations that have been offered could be plausible. And there are thousands at least mm-hmm. of witnesses to this very specific event and footage of it. Okay, so let me take us through it. All right, we'll both take us through it. This is what happened. So March 13th, 1997. I would call them V-shaped, right? A V-shaped pattern of, they appear to be orange lights on a scale that always staggers me when I see footage of it. That's just like as big as the mountains. Appear above Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like one or two people saw this and then they wiped the lens and it was gone. This is covering a massive area. People had time to go to where it was happening, yes. congregate, and observe it. The governor of Arizona at the time was a man named Fife Symington. 
he did that exact thing. Got he in his got car in his drove car, up there. Drove up a mountain where he could look down over the valley, saw it, you know, described the lights as being embedded in whatever this thing was, you know. Video footage um, in 97, camera nobody had camera phones. The camera quality was not as astonishingly good as it is now, which is kind of a shame. Um, but there's footage of this place, of this, from all over the valley. People saw it all over. Okay. So, um, a city councilwoman from Phoenix, Frances Emma Barwood, walks into a city council meeting, I think a few days later, and says, I think we should maybe investigate this. A lot of my constituents are calling me, and they, you know, aren't used to seeing giant V-shaped lights that don't resemble any known aircraft that we're aware of in that the That are sky. as big as a fucking mountain. Um, and she says... And they show the footage from the meeting, just sort of a, not a well-attended meeting. There's nobody in attendance. She just asks this as if she's asking them to look into the budget for water fountains. And everyone just stares at her like she's nuts. And she's like, how could they pretend? We all, most of us saw this. How could they pretend that I'm crazy to ask this question? So go the governor, meanwhile, on his own track, is saying that he wanted to come out as a witness but it was a tumultuous time for him politically. We later learned that he's under, he's been charged with yeah. embezzlement, like huge financial crime. Bank fraud, yeah. Bank fraud, which is apparently a thing in Arizona. There's a lot of bank fraud in Arizona back in the 90s. Um, uh, he's, he alleges that they made serious inquiries of, of the Air Force and never got a satisfactory explanation. The National Guard finally steps forward and says, well... The explanation is that we were conducting flare exercises, right? And they show a flare exercise. And it's just ridiculous. It's not it. It's not what we've seen video no. footage of. And also it was happening at the wrong time. The flare exercise happened at 10 p.m. and the lights were seen. And it doesn't resemble what happened. Right, over at 8 p.m. Senator McCain, John McCain is in office at the time. He's asked about it. Allegedly he asked the Air Force to investigate it, and the Air Force said, we don't investigate UFOs. Which may or may not be true. Um, there were reports that several aircraft took off from Luke Air Force Base at the time and tried to go after the object. Luke Air Force Base is obviously in the area. Um, uh, allegedly, and now I'm, I'm reticent to mention a very popular paranormal, um, radio show slash podcast that was also a platform for a lot of anti-mask and anti-vax views, but Coast to Coast AM is kind of an institution. Yeah. You can't talk about the uh, paranormal or discussions of the paranormal without mentioning it. Allegedly, someone anonymously called in Coast to Coast and said, I was at the Air Force Base that night. I saw these planes take off. They couldn't ca catch up with whatever it is, and they came. pilots came back completely fucking freaked out of their minds. So I don't know whether, did you believe it was a real caller to Coast to Coast? What did you think? Uh, you know, again, that moves into, is this a conspiracy or who's hiding what? Yeah. I just, I don't give a shit about any of that. None of that interests me. I'm interested in what happened and what scientific observations can or cannot be made. I'm tired of this being a discussion of this nonsense. Right. I'm tired of this being discussed entirely by people who also think vaccinations are, mm -hmm. you know, mind control or whatever the hell else it is. Right. I, I, I just... I didn't I don't have an opinion about that because it's like if that's if you guys want to play in that pool that's fine. Right. Enjoy yourselves, but I'm not interested. I'm I just I have no real like it was a phenomenon. Thousands of people witnessed it. 
I've seen footage of it. It it is a real thing. Something occurred, and I'm interested in actual facts about it. Okay, and so. You know, I get it. Yeah. I, you know, it's a reasonable question. Did Were they fried or was it really a call? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, but to wrap up the Phoenix Lights on a factual basis of what what unfolded in terms of the governor. Okay, so the Air National Guard says three months after this event, uh, we have no explanation. They said we're not right. going on the record. Uh, the governor asked for an investigation. Um, and what apparently happens next to the public eye is that he calls an emergency news conference, which usually implies something very serious. Yes. Francis Barwood is is excited and thinks there's going to be a big announcement Finally. about the case. Uh, he comes out, he in a grave tone, he says, I'm happy to announce we have arrested the perpetrator of the Phoenix Lights and out walks his chief of staff in a giant alien costume and handcuffs. And um, they pull the mask off the costume, and it's his chief of staff. And the point is, this is all a joke, and this is ridiculous. And all of the witnesses are incredibly offended because they said, we actually saw this thing. We don't appreciate being dismissed this way. The governor saw this thing. Why is he dismissing us this way? And then getting back into the conspiratorial, we're told that Symington had his trial coming up. He was convicted, and then he was pardoned shortly thereafter. Like, none of the timeline—I think he went to jail for two years. As so though it's like, somehow yeah. coming out with this person in this alien costume caused him to be—and I don't know. Maybe it did. I don't have any idea. But yeah. it is still not ever—it's not touching on the topic at hand. It's right. this continuing floor show that's people—like, the best I can come up with is, you know, guys want to offer you a solution— when yeah. you come to them with a problem. Right. And since they have no idea what this is, they can't yeah. offer a solution. There's a weather so, balloon. Yeah. So they make fun of it or they come up yeah. with some bullshit solution. You know, don't worry, honey. It was just a, a weather balloon. Yeah. Don't worry, your pretty little head yeah. or whatever, which I guess is, you know, like, all right, well, I guess that's not the most awful thing anybody ever did. But it isn't actually an appropriate response. Like, no. okay, I don't know what caused it. And saying, I don't know. Is fine with me, but yeah, the the continuing dismissal of as you know preposterous or wallowing in some you know ever deepening conspiracy, which sadly is what this series devolved into. Yeah. Was just there was points after which by the time we got to um, Skinwalker Ranch, I was like, okay, it's going to be like that. I was like, I, I may I recommend to you. If you are looking for the other side of this story, and, and this is getting deeper into the series, they talk a lot about a gentleman named Louis Elizondo who left the United States government. He worked in counterintelligence for years, and when he left the government, he said, I was in charge of investigating this for uh, years, and I'm now coming out about what I, what I saw and how much we don't know. The government released a series of conflicting statements about him and whatever and denying the existence of the department. But the man has an impressive resume. We know he worked for the government. We know he did some t often shady things for the government. Okay. He teamed up with Tom DeLong from Blink-182. Which is like, what? They have a show. They have a show called Unidentified, which I watched the first season of, where they are more focused on the things you were talking about. What have these people seen? Let's sit down with them. They sit down with more people from the... 
uh, Nimitz Carrier incident, which, which is, is also fascinating. Covered. The Nimitz Carrier incident was there were fighter pilots doing a battleship training exercise off the coast of San Diego, and they have video footage of a rapidly moving craft that makes maneuvers that our our technology that we know about can't simply make. does not make and yeah. perform in ways that they just simply can't perform. Like it's just yeah, yeah that was phenomenal, and those yeah. people are mentioned in this as well, and that's. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, you know, maybe that's the series we should have watched, and maybe I'll give a look at it. But yeah, it, it continues to be. Oh dear. Well, no, I mean it's 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 more of a reality show about these guys, but it, there's some weight to it, and they all these people who uh, let, I, clearly refuse to be interviewed for this special are copiously interviewed in that one. Christopher Mellon, who is a government official and a scion of a huge political fortune. Um, He's interviewed in detail, and they all talk very succinctly and clearly about the fact that I don't believe any of the official answers that have been given about this, and I think we don't know what this is. And so, it's a more granular focus on the actual sightings and experiences. You're right. This series got into how everyone feels about the idea of UFOs, and I think you're right. I think they're wasting time on conspiracy theories that go after... I think an organization, which is our government, that doesn't actually know very much about this phenomenon. I don't think they know. I don't think they're keeping it a secret. I don't think they fucking know. Because if they knew, then the secret would get out and we would all know. right. Like, if they can't keep the secret of a nuclear bomb, then how the hell are they going to keep the secret of, we saw this spaceship? Right. I agree. You know, and I think that it gets mixed in with, as even the guy from, what is it, Coast to Coast said... Mm You know, like 99% of this is just bullshit. You know? George Knapp, I think, is who you're talking about. He's actually not from coast to coast. He's He is a more credible news personality from Las Vegas right. who works in local television there. And he's done some substantial things. But that he's a voice for we don't know. Yeah. You know, like he's a voice for we don't know. And he's perfectly willing to admit... Yeah. Yeah, most of this is probably, you know, uh, something that you saw or the sun reflecting off of a cloud or something or just full on bullshit. And they were just high, you know, but some of it is really like when you can't explain it, then why not scientifically investigate it? I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Do you have a question or comment about this podcast? Then come share it with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the dinner party show, no spaces, and we'll do our best to answer it on the show. Just watch out for our aggrieved manservant, Shea Butters. He moderates the page and he's been known to talk smack about the two of us. Most of what he says about you is true, though. We can discuss this later. That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'd like to take a moment to congratulate my co-host and producing partner, Christopher Rice. He's got not one, but four new books coming out in 2022. But today, I'd like to tell you about one in particular, a standalone thriller called Decimate. It's the terrifying story of what happens to our kitchen here at the studio Um, when I ask Christopher to make the tea. Yeah, no. When I said improvise the promo, I didn't say you could make shit up. I am not making this up. Look at that kitchen. Okay. Hi, party people. Decimate is actually a thriller about telekinesis and near-death experiences. The page-turning tale of a woman who becomes convinced her brother is being held hostage by a supernatural force following his death in a fiery plane crash. It has nothing to do with tea or our kitchen, and you can pre-order it on Amazon now. And 
While it is spine-tingling and terrifying, it is nothing compared to what I'm going to have to order off of Amazon to clean up that kitchen. Will you shut up about tea and our kitchen? Oh, I never shut up about tea. So we went to our party people on the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page. I went to the experts. We did. We asked them, have you had an experience? Have you had any kind of encounter? Close encounter. And uh, we got some very lengthy responses. Glenn Woods had this to say. When I was in my early 20s in Texas, living 34 miles south of Dallas in Ennis, the summer before I started at Baylor University, I was out at our local lake, Bar- Lake Bald. Excuse me. I was out at our local lake, Lake Bardwell, one night. I was looking up at the sky with a friend when a very bright white light started across our view slowly, and then stopped and stayed in the same place. If that was not weird enough, the light started moving again at the slow rate again, but then suddenly shifted directions 90 degrees so fast. It seemed impossible. Something a Chinese lantern and a weather balloon are not going to do. Right. It's the fast change of directions. And the, the absence of sound. Right. It was gone in a blink. It freaked us out. We kept asking each other if we had actually seen this, and to this day, I feel like I saw a true UFO, whether the technology was man-made or alien. Another good friend saw a UFO here in San Francisco. He is certain there are aliens, but I have not committed myself to that. I just know what I saw, and it defies explanation. So I never discount people. Okay. Um, and the and the term is unidentified flying yeah. object. It doesn't, it's not subjective, and it doesn't assert that, it doesn't posit the existence of alien visitors or anything else. It's just this is a phenomenon, and it's unidentified. Hunter Robertson, our Virginia correspondent, says yes, twice, The first experience was many years ago in the early 2000s. I noticed a strange light hovering and still brighter than a star. I assumed it was a plane, but after a few seconds of zeroing in on it, it jetted off really fast. There it is again. It's always that detail. I always thought I could sense my eye contact and was perhaps watching me as well. The second time was summer of 2019. My dad passed away in May, and that July, my boyfriend and I took my mom to Myrtle Beach for a much-needed getaway. Him and I were taking a walk on the surf that night when we both saw about three or four lights in the distance over the ocean. Many people were out that night, but I don't know if anyone else noticed. We watched for about 20 minutes as more lights came and then others went out. None of the lights moved like a plane or helicopter, just silently hovered brighter and lower than a star. I thought of my first sighting and was waiting for them to sense my eye contact and jet off, but they stayed in place until finally all dimmed out. Hmm. Jessica Dilliston says, When I lived in Arizona, I was taking my dog for a walk one night when I saw a bright light in the sky up ahead that I just assumed was the moon. But after a moment, I realized that couldn't be right because that's not where the moon should be in the sky at that time. I turned around and sure enough, there was the moon behind me, right where it was supposed to be. I turned back around and just stared at this giant glowing greenish blue light in the sky, having no clue what it could possibly be. I heard the next day that it was some kind of missile test in San Diego. I was in Tucson. That's a long... Uh, Tucson to San Diego. Okay. It seems like a long way. Like, you, it's difficult to, like, say how far, like, the moon is a really long way away, and you can see that. So, yeah. 
Yeah, we had that experience driving back into town when Elon Musk launched something. Yes. And I mean, Brandon, mm-hmm. I think, was the one who was able to bring us in for a landing. But yeah. we thought we were having a moment. And oh, yeah, people It turned were. out to be a missile launch that something happened that was it was odd looking. We were driving strange... out to my mother's and people were pulling over to the side of the 10 in the Coachella Valley out there near Palm Springs just to stare up at it because everybody was freaking out. Yeah. yeah. It was a really strange, it was a very strange view. Um, Satvia Yates has this to say. I saw one on July 4th, 1990 in Arlington, Texas. I was 10 years old. We were sitting at an intersection on Cooper and I-30 watching the fireworks from the Ranger Stadium. There were about a dozen people there in lawn chairs. A woman with us started stuttering and asking what that was pointing at a large object hovering over Cooper Street, about three or four stories above us. Everyone turned their backs to the stadium and stared at this thing. It looked like two bowls, one inverted over the other with a plate in the middle. The plate part had lights crashing around the rim, but the colors were not ones I can describe now. They were soft hues of red, yellow, blue, and green, but not shades I can describe with my knowledge of colors today. Wow. I'm not an artist, she says in parentheses. It silently hovered for a few minutes. Two minutes, 15 minutes, I can't say. We all stood silently and stared at this thing. Then it simply rose high into the sky and moved away from us in a curvy zigzag motion. It was far away when it seemed to stop moving for a second, then simply turned off its lights. The adults around me were talking to each other, but I turned back to the stadium to watch more fireworks. Was that a UFO? Maybe. I've never seen anything like it before or since. I told my dad the story, and he said it must have been the Goodyear blimp. It was not a blimp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, guess the, the, the desert thing that we observed was probably the closest I've ever gotten. I've never really yeah. seen any. And that was thoroughly explained. I also saw a missile malfunction once. I was hosting a dinner party for a – it was a – the Soviets. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. No. No, they were busy that day. Yeah. So instead, we had superintendents of schools from right. all over the country who's working at USC for the oh, Department so of this Education. Was in South Carolina, you saw a missile. No, the right. University of Southern California. Oh, okay, here. The other USC. Yes. The second one. Um, and uh, we were the, it was the final night, and there was a banquet at the, uh, the Yacht Club. And... Uh, we were during the course of dinner. Something went off in the wow, and we were all like, "What the hell?" And it was later we read that there was um, there was a, a Vandenberg Vandenberg Air Force Base is really yeah, close, some sort of missile north of Santa that Barbara. Yeah, went wrong or something yeah. blew up or something. But it made for this really sort of strange. But it was the trajectory was such that it looked like it was coming from Earth and going. Yeah, to the, so it was not. We no, but none of us thought. It's a UFO. We all thought, what the hell's right. it, what blew up? Yeah. Like, did we fire a rocket? What's happening? We had a skeptic on the page. Ben Manning says, the answer is no, but I am not American. I think of UFO alien sightings as being as American as new religions and con men and superheroes. Mormonism manages to cram them all in. They are all somehow related to a culture of credulity, I think, or perhaps the result of school boards controlled by illiterate partisans. 
Apparently, we oh, so we're the only country with con men, Mr. Manning. I, was I gonna, think there's what a long is, tradition of what country European... is Mr. Manning yeah. from? That's really like, yeah. I, you know, I respect your opinion, but like, wow, yeah. that's kind of personal. Like, wow. <laughs> um, and yeah, and that's the thing about it. That's the reason that I find it like, I think that the reporting has gone up and the conspiracy nonsense has gone up. But I don't think it's a new phenomenon. No, I don't. Like, I don't think that we are just now starting to see, observe stuff um, happening in the sky. They're, uh, they're you know, they're included in art, ancient artwork is mm-hmm. um, is celestial phenomenon. The, the, the star, the, you know, it was observing a star of some sort in the sky that led yeah. the wise men to the, the the birth of Christ. I'm not asserting that was a UFO. I think it was probably right. some sort of um, stellar configuration or, you know, the, the alignment of planets or the alignment of stars apparently in the sky that led them or that they saw as a sign of something. But even that indicates a focus on what's going on in the night sky. And I think that kind of awareness is not a recent development. I will say later in the series, as dim as my view of it was, there is one thing I had never heard before that really did kind of knock my socks off, and that is the original testimony of St. Teresa of Avila. I think I said that correctly. Oh, yeah, that was that was a perfect example of yeah. what I'm talking about. There was, you know, that story has always been interpreted by religions as an angel appeared to her. But if you go back and look at her real account, it is remarkably like an abduction story, and it is deeply frightening. It was a terrifying experience that she went through, and she describes, I think, being being penetrated by an object similar to the abductees who describe having a probe placed in them. So that that was like, wow, I didn't I that I had never heard before. Right. I think that that, you know, to Mr. Manning's uh, credit and to a lot of us, you know, like what what's changed is not the advent of these things and not their, you know, country of origin, <laughs> but it is the ability to report on them, and nobody reports on it in greater quantity and more voluminously, perhaps, than we do or have in right. the last few years. So it can seem like, I think, that it's just coming from here, but I think what you're, what's, what we're really observing is our media-saturated society here, mm-hmm. which may be different than other countries. I am not from another country, so I can't really speak for it, but, but I don't think the phenomenon is relegated to a country or particularly recent. This is also an enormous country with a lot of open space. Yeah. A lot of night sky. You know, and these events don't just happen at night. A lot of the footage we were seeing was from the day. The Nimitz incident happened during the day. They were doing a training exercise in broad daylight. Yeah, there was one that was... Where was it? It was a harbor-related event that was in the middle of the day where that everybody saw something. It's gone out of my Chicago head. Chicago O'Hare. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago O'Hare. O'Hare. People, baggage handlers, people calling the tower saying, what is that floating disc over terminal? I can't remember what yeah. terminal it was. And people laughing at each other and saying, look, I see it. You know, one, yeah. one see, a airport employee calls the tower saying, other people are telling me about this. Can you see it? And the tower guy is like, come on, Sue, come on. And then she calls him back and says, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, and they said, are you starting the Christmas party? And then yeah. the guy said, I wouldn't I wouldn't report it even if I did. Exactly, and that's it right there. That's what I felt after seeing the Chinese lantern in Thailand is like, I don't want to have to spend my life defending this to you. It's a decision that most people make. Some people make it. Some people are lying. Some people, I think, decide, I have to share this. This is who I am. This is what happened to me. I don't care if you ridicule me. 
but it seems like an enormous emotional investment to make that choice. There was a, um, there was that. Uh, I think we did it on the show. It was the, an episode from the the new Unsolved Mysteries yes, series. Yes, where they talked about where different members of the same family had mm-hmm. had a sort of yeah this kind of experience, and they hadn't even talked to each other about it until the the Unsolved Mysteries people came to town and started interviewing about yeah. it. They didn't all realize they had. E- that each other had seen it, that mm-hmm. they had, that other members of their own family had seen it because they hadn't even confided it to mm-hmm. people that close, which yeah. I thought was a mind blowing description of how this we've rendered this. I mean, what, what other scientific endeavor, what other, you know, scientific inquiry do we address with such complete, um, incredulity, such, such a complete denial um, you know what it made me think of, and we talk about this a lot on this show, particularly when we do True Crime TV Club, it made me think of murder cases in which there is no body and in which suspicion falls on the nearest loved one because the investigators have no physical evidence to work with and they have to go with the most knee-jerk, plausible explanation because every anything else is unprovable. And there are cases where the DNA reveals sometimes years later that it was a random assailant or that the events of the crime were so chaotic and random. It wasn't a premeditated murder. It wasn't the husband, even though Provenza on the closer would say it's always, always, always the husband. Yeah. I mean, I think you are most likely to be murdered by somebody, you know, but I think for those circumstances where there is no evidence, there is no evidence. So yeah, you're right. And that's what I was getting Choosing or being dismissive. There's no body. There is no, I don't believe crafts are being secretly held in, in hangars. I believe there's nothing to study physically of these experiences. It's all, if there was, I think we would know it. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing that I, and I probably, and people should write in to call me to task for it. The only thing that I've ever thought was like, I've gone for, you know, I'm not, Ancient, but I've been around for a while. Uh-huh. And I've we, heard. We reach a point in our history where suddenly silicone is everything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't before. Like mm. it, all of the computers, the components, and the the motherboards, and the stamps, and the you know the chips and the whatever that are all being made out of. Like I. There's just a point that that starts to happen, and it's like there's not an antecedent for it, mm-hmm. in my knowledge. Now, it may well have been under study and development for millions of years, but I didn't. There was no, there's no before. Mm. It just suddenly starts to happen, and it's like, is this reverse engineered mm. technology, or is this really a discovery? Where is the discovery point? I don't. I'm not aware of it. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying so. Write in and call me a liar. That's the only thing I've ever seen where I'm like, where did this technology that come from? That takes you to an ancient aliens place. It takes like me a, to a like a yeah. reverse engineered technology place, like found mm-hmm. artifact that was yeah. like, how can we make this into something we can use? That, you know, like, mm. but again, the thing that prevents me from believing that it's like alien technology is that if it was, then we would know it. Like, mm. I just, I have no ability to believe in anybody's ability to keep a secret. I agree. About anything of this magnitude. If, as I always say, if we couldn't keep the su- the secret of how to make a nuclear bomb, yeah. 
then how could we possibly keep any of the rest of this secret? I agree. I completely agree. It's why I never have believed TWA 800 was shot down by a missile. I don't believe all the theories I've read. It, you couldn't have kept it a secret. People involved in the operation that shot it down would have squealed by now. You know, I, I think we talk about the military as a monolith in a way that doesn't really accurately portray the lived experience of service people. I mean, and I'm not trying to demean people who serve in the military, but it's an enormous organization. It is the largest employer in the world. Largest employer, and it, and it has many different divisions and people. And unless you've got a secret concentrated just right at the top with like the chiefs of staff, you know, there's no way you can you can ensure silence. And, and even then, yeah, it just nothing ever stays secret. There's just yeah. it's too big and too diverse, and it's been going on for too long. So, as I understand it, Jordan was here recently, and um, the, I apparently it went well because you're still here. You didn't quit, and uh, so um, good. I I know that there was a. A misunderstanding with him. He thought he was going to come in on the Heartstopper episode. And we did. I re- was not having that. I would okay. not associate that wonderful series with that horrible little man. He was complaining about the realism of the show. He said the kids yeah. didn't. He couldn't. They weren't to the drunken kid. whores yeah, like himself. So like there's that. plenty anyway. of. That's been covered. There's plenty of other options for him. But anyway, so yeah, we didn't include him in that. But you, we did. You know, for reasons that. Um. Don't bear repeating. Um, bring him in to uh, to join for a segment for this particular broadcast, and uh, it went like it went. I can't wait to hear it. Well, we had planned to finish out this UFO-themed installment of What Science with our critic at large, Jordan Ampersand, who is apparently still at large. So I guess we'll wrap up a little bit early and... And and you're naked. This is my spacesuit. See? There's space between my underwear and my sunglasses. That's not what... You know, you know what? Why bother? Since it would be redundant to send you into space, and this is a podcast, so no one will ever really Actually, know. Actually, Eric Shaw Quinn, I'm here today because I had an encounter. I thought they shut down that part of Craigslist. No, these were aliens, and they took me into outer space, and it was very serious and scary. Yes, I'm sure they were terrified. Look, I know you're hard of hearing, but will you listen to me? The truth must be heard. Here, put this blanket around you first, please. There you go. Perfect. Higher. little higher. Yeah, that's it. Right there. It's over my face, Eric Jacqueline. I don't know why I didn't think of this years ago. I'm just going to take a short nap here. Nighty-night. Brandon, let the tape roll while he does whatever he's doing. Eric Shaw Quinn, you need to wake up to the fact that we are not alone. I know. The truth is out there. Maybe you should join it. Eric Shaw Quinn, this is science. Are you a science Denali? Fine. Tell me about your close encounter, but... I'm warning you. Okay, it went like this, and I don't care if you're in Denali or not. So, my friend Fitzpatrick and I went to Burning Man, and then these big blue men came and put energy rings around my wrists, and they said these things to me in their weird alien language. Really? And what did their weird alien language sound like? They kept saying these words like indecency and exposure. I don't know. They sounded really weird. Everything sounded really weird. Anyway, and then the next thing I knew, I woke up in jail and I had no clothes on. 
Why do you think the aliens took my clothes off and put me in jail? The cemetery was full? I will say, I don't see how being in your underwear or out of it at Burning Man would be otherworldly. Okay, I did kind of lie about one thing, though. No. Just one? It wasn't Burning Man. It was a Burning Man-like party called Sweltering Sam. Only instead of setting a giant man on fire in the desert, some friends of mine in Hollywood put a Samantha Fox action figure under a heat lamp. Way lower maintenance and no travel. If you don't know, Samantha Fox was like this really, really old singer from like forever uh, okay, ago. Okay, and okay. She was I in. know who Samantha Fox is. Jordan, can you recall what was happening at this party before the blue men showed up? I'm not comfortable with this line of questioning, and I just want to say I had no idea his boyfriend was in the other stall. Not what I was looking for, but we'll put a pen in that for now. Let me put it this way. Did your bathroom friend happen to give you anything? Wait, you know him? Should I get tested? Always a possibility in your social circles, but again, not what I was looking for. Jordan, how many drugs did you take at this party? Oh my God. I can't believe you asked me that. How could I enjoy the party if I'm counting how many drugs I do? Is that because you can't count? Well, at least I know that a spacesuit needs to have lots of spaces in it. Jordan, I'm going to go out on a very short limb here and say, I don't think you were abducted by aliens. I think you got high and were arrested for indecent exposure. That's ridiculous. I've been arrested for being naked before, like all the time. I would know the difference. Okay, then. How many drugs did you take before the party? Eric Jacquin, this is victim blaming. Look, I'm not going to let big science tell me I can't mix Claritin with Xanax and just a little bit of Molly and freeze it in a popsicle and shove it up my butt. They're my allergies. I'll treat them how I want. Did these aliens give you a court date? Yeah, it's next week. I hope mm. I don't have to go to their planet. Well, you should probably leave now so you can start preparing. I hear those alien tribunals for indecent exposure can be really trying. Really? Hmm. I don't suppose the, um, TDPS network could provide me with some legal representation? Yeah, I'll get right on that. Thank you. Um... So, does the blanket stay, or should I take it with me? Uh, just leave the blanket right there. I'll, I'll fold it and put it away. Don't worry about it. Okay, thanks. Bye. And thanks for getting me a lawyer, even though you don't like me because you're old. Bye now. Yes, I'd like to report a small, naked man on Sunset Boulevard. Don't let him fool you. He's dumb but dangerous. Yes, I can, I can hear the sirens now. It's a spacesuit. They're supposed to have spaces. <laughs> Who's the science Denali now? What science? You know, that email that I got asking me to contribute to his bail fund makes a lot more sense now. Okay. I guess we're not going to contribute like the show is not... Okay, I'm going to, from that expression, I can tell that we're not going to be contributing to his bail fund. I think that, you know, um, he can work his usual magic. And uh, <laughs> if he keeps turning up, I, I don't see why we have to become involved in facilitating that. Okay. 
All right. Well, this has been a supersized, jam-packed episode on UFOs and another installment of What Science. This one was volume five of What Science. I love that we have volumes yeah, of I What like Science. That, right? I didn't seems... know that we were keeping count. Science-like. Volume five Very of scientific. What Science. The Encyclopedia Britannica of Nonsense. All right, well, we'll be back next week with something we haven't figured out yet, so I can't tease it here. <laughs> but until then and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Thanks. This is TDPS.